You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. I am back after a week off from No Bets Barred. This time we are breaking down UFC Apex 78 and Bellator 298 as we slowly approach Bellator 300, the biggest MMA event of the year. We'll get there later in the show. Before all that, Jed, how we doing, man? You missed me last week or what? I did miss you. Um, Shout out to AK Lee stepping in, you know. uh, One of the best. One of the greatest. Carrying the ball while you were off gallivanting in Dallas for uh, for three three MMA hours last week. So three MMA hours last week. A lot of MMA hours. You telling me, man? Certain that was a lot of work for you. Plus the hat, the belt buckle. I mean, you're doing all the things. How'd you do gambling wise last week? Because I'll be honest, I had a great week. Uh, lost one singular unit. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody, if anybody saw this on the show, uh, my parlay pals pick was over eight and a half in the Amanda Serrano fight. I individually bet over eight and a half in the Amanda Serrano fight. And I had Amanda Serrano by decision. We went to a great Tex-Mex spot. Shout out to Senor Bean in downtown Dallas. Okay. Uh, and the Amanda Serrano fight came up. Heather Hardy not looking great. She's older in her career. Not really sure why she took this fight and everything. And uh, our good friends, New York Rick and Mike Hack, adamant. Never been a safer bet on this earth than the under eight and a half in the Amanda Serrano oh, Heather Hardy insane. fight. Oh, we start going at it. We start going at it. I'm just like, you guys are insane. Amanda Serrano's been to five straight decisions over eight and a half and six straight fights. She's already been to a decision with Heather Hardy. Doesn't matter about where Heather Hardy is at in her career. She is still tough. She is still a dog. And they're pretty friendly about this whole thing. There is zero bad blood between them. She keeps talking about I how... I think that part was key. <laughs> all of this, they are, they're calling me a lunatic. They're acting like I am crazy for this. Uh, I was like, all right. If you, if you guys are this adamant, if you guys are this positive, then bet it. Put your money where your mouth is. You can get the under for plus money right now. Like, take it then. Sure enough, I get a text the next morning from uh, New York Rick. I mean, Mike, also, Mike Heck is like done by round three. Done by round three. If there was an under four and a half, I would take it. Uh, sure enough, next morning, weigh-ins, Rick texts me and he's just like, uh, Heather Hardy was just crying on the scales because the weight cut was so bad. She's like super duper in bad shape. I'm even more certain about the under. He signs up for a betting account just to place this bet. Puts a substantial wager on the under, sends it to me and everything. And I'm like, wow. you uh, hey, Respect, put his money where his mouth is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is I was like, I ride with my guys, and and I mean, you have now you've now not just entered my brain, you've infiltrated it and taken it over. Cash out the over eight and a half. Oh, cash out the Amanda Serrano by decision, uh, like plus one forty on that. Oh, cash them both out. Cash out too easy, like cruise control winners. Cash them both out. I mean, I she was a minus ten thousand. Yeah. And I was getting decision, a, a woman who's been to five straight decisions at plus money. She was a minus 10,000. Uh, yeah. Cash out two bona fide winners, two stone cold uh, winners and replace them with a loser. I put real, real money on, on a, on a loser after that. And then I also went on the Friday show and uh, changed my Parlay Pals pick. Parlay Pals pick was still right. Rick lost it for us. He was doing a lot of losing last week now that I think about it. Uh, but because of that, because of all of that, I lost one singular unit on the week, and that one singular unit being the under eight and a half on Amanda uh, Serrano, Heather Hardy. Four straight winning weeks snapped by my compadres, my coworkers, my what I thought were friends. <laughs> Friends wouldn't do you like that. I guess that. not. Friends wouldn't do me like that. But here's the thing. Everyone always says you either win or you learn. I definitely learned. Stand on stand on your hill. Yeah. Don't let people talk you into bullshit. Just. You got to believe was, in yourself. 
We got, you would not believe how, if you could have walked in on the conversation, how heated it was at this Tex-Mex restaurant, <laughs> how much we were going at it, uh, you would have been like, what are, what are you guys talking about? Like, is this, uh, you know, is this a political discussion? Uh, no, we're talking about the over or the under in the Manda Serrano, Heather Hardy fight. Uh, so yes, <laughs> lost one unit. That's, That's on me. I can't blame anyone. I cannot blame anyone because I did cash out the bets. I did place the bets. That's on me. But I just had to tell you how we got there, got to that point. <laughs> to you, though, a winning week, uh, uh, an excellent week, I'm hearing. Yeah, uh, I lost a lot of bets, but I also like I, I went about 50-50 overall on bets, but I cashed uh, just under five units because if you had come on the show last week, I know I don't believe you took a side in the main event of of Paul Diaz. No, but tell me you had Jake Paul by decision. Sure did. Oh, buddy. Uh, honestly, I the best bet that. of my, my year. <laughs> Plus 350 I, for Jake yes, Paul by decision yeah, was yeah. an insane number. I butchered I butchered that Paul Diaz card so bad, dude. Because I was on the over. I was like, this is going long. He's not going to mm. knock Diaz out. And I stared at that Jake Paul uh, decision number, and I never pulled the trigger. I like, oh, man. I had so much regret after that card. I was just like, damn, I botched this. I fumbled this. Yeah, I. there was a very Great call brief- by you. I, it was honestly one of uh, that was one of the few times I was like, "Am I crazy? Why is this number this way?" And after you and got I past the first lose. round, after you got past the first round, there was like next to to no concern about yeah. it. Yeah, it was extremely like, extremely clean the whole way. There was a brief moment. Oh, the uh, drop when he did drop him. No, I wasn't that concerned about him dropping there, but the drop AK suggested uh, a a fun moonshot of. I think I heard about that. Uh, Nate Diaz wins, but Jake Paul gets a knockdown. Like he was really threading the needle. The number like, had to be huge. It was like plus 4,000 or yeah, something. Yeah, I love that. I love and that. And once he knocked him down, I was like, there's a world where he just gasses himself out trying to finish Nate here. And then Nate, Nate pours it on and AK spikes the greatest bet of No oh, Bet's yeah, Bart great, history. Greatest bet in No Bet's Bart history easily. Uh, two things. When Nate Diaz got knocked down... Uh, from my vantage point, I thought he got knocked out of the ring for a second. I, I mean, was like, it looked like he did. I was like, oh my God. I was like, everything that was going good for him is washed away by getting knocked out of the ring right here. Stayed in. Two, I actually thought it was going to be closer on the scorecards, uh, like watching it in person and obviously not having social media or anything. Like, I can believe that. When we went to the scorecards, I was like, it's going to be 196 93 Jake and then two 97 92s, but I think I want to say it was like 98 91 across the board. Uh, uh or something like way, that. I, I did think I did think Jake won. Um, I'm sure the strong. energy in the arena uh favored Nate, so like because I, I gave Nate three rounds and you know, but I, it's hard for me to give him five, you know, fun <laughs> event, fun event, regardless. Beautiful, brilliant call by you, man. We should have done. I should have done the MVP decision parlay. Uh, oh, that would have been oh, beauty. That, that would have been, been friggin' beauty. Uh, alas, we can get it all back. October fourteenth, KSI, Tommy Fury, uh, Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis announced yesterday. Sure. Uh, See, like these, these can we cards. bet that fight doesn't happen? Is does any book take action? I, I haven't seen any yet, but you want me to let you in on a little secret? I love secrets. I, uh, I actually think it's gonna happen. Wow. As much as I'm ripping, that is the bandit, boldest take of 2023. I think it's gonna happen, dude. I think his back is two against the wall. I think Misfits, the Zone, Prime, everyone who put this fight together. I think their hat that. There had to be something in the contract. If contracts has been have been signed, there has to be something in there about a penalty if he doesn't show up. Like there has to be something in there. And then just three. I know he's like like if he doesn't show up, the the clownery level. Like we're like we've got McGregor talking about it. McGregor is like the return is here. I'm gonna be in the building. Like yada yada yada. Like. I feel like there's going to be so much pressure on this guy to show up that he actually does it this time. I don't know, man. I it would be <laughs> listen. If I'm wrong, I'm not going to be shocked. Is the case? It's funny either way. If he pulls out again, it's honestly the best bit in combat sports going at the moment. And if he does show up, then he's going to get beat up by Logan Paul, which will also be funny. So. Will there will there be a bigger baby face on planet Earth? No. 
than Logan Paul if Dylan Danis makes it to that ring. There might not be a bigger baby face in the history of, of planet Earth. And can you imagine if Logan Paul knocks him out? The, the guy, he's he is killing it in WWE. If he can go to a crossover boxing event and knock out Dylan Danis, he will be a hero. He will be a hero. Yeah, uh, it's incredible that Logan Paul is going to find himself far more successful than Jake Paul, who has been unbelievably successful in this avenue just by I mean, knocking you, out Dylan Danis. And then they're gonna, and then they're gonna like uh, they've start they've planted the seeds on this beef they have with each other, and then eventually they're gonna fight for like twenty five million dollars a piece, and then they both just retire, and and everything's hunky dory for the Paul for it's the a, Paul brothers. It's all it's all a long con and. Gotta respect it. Uh, you know. wait, hey, one last secret before we move on on this. When Dylan Do we Danis, have to move on? <laughs> when Dylan Danis came in studio, you know, he hung out in the back for a while. Mm-hmm. Pleasant guy. Nice guy. That, that tracks. Yeah. I, I enjoyed his company. He's He is very clearly putting on a show because nobody loved him enough at different points. He just needs a hug. The man just needs a hug. And that's all. And I hope somebody gives it to him and then he can come out and move on with his career. Because not that long ago, Connor, he Dude. was a legitimate, <laughs> not, a, not a legitimate fighter, but like, hey, here's a guy who can be pretty good in the grappling game. Like, want to see what happens. And now he's a joke. Just a total Tra- joke. Training with Connor, supermodel girlfriend. Like, yeah, it's cr- it's crazy how, how much his career has gone off the rails. All right. That was last week. We will save the. I've I've had my fix on like crossover influencer boxing for until now. Until October, yeah. Until October, see, and then you, it fades away, and then October is a big month, man. We're gonna we're gonna do that card, which I'm sure there'll be some good UFC events as well. We're gonna do Abu that Dhabi. card straight into Abu Dhabi, straight into Inganu Fury. Yeah, nice so. little nice little run. Beautiful fall weather. The dogs will be on. I mean, it's looking dogs will be fall. in in the middle of being undefeated for like whatever oh, yeah. it is. Yeah, 40 no, no. something games at that point. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Five, five or six and oh, at that point. All right. We have to talk about this week, though. UFC Apex 78, baby. I, lo- I love that you say we have to talk about them because we, we do have to. This is not a, a choice. I do not want to do this. I'm, uh, I'm very much happy that we have, uh, that we have the, the pay per view next week and then Singapore and then Paris and then another pay per view. And then the uh, Noche fight card, because this one, I'm not going to lie, I struggled. I struggled like diving deep on it. I won't lie. I I just didn't at some of these fights. It's like I'm, if I wanted to break into this, I, I don't care enough and I'm not going to get there. Uh, I have a hot take for you, Connor. Please feed me. In, in response to your Dylan Tannis, my hot take is that this is the worst fight card the UFC's ever put together. No, 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 no. No, we cannot say that after the Holly Holm fight card just a month ago. That the Holly Holm fight card had two title fights, Stop. two uncrowned Stop. title Stop. fights on it. No. What don't give me this don't what give me this fight, history. What fight on this card is meaningful? Uh yeah, I mean uh, that's that's fine. But there's just there's just no way that this is worse than that card. I I personally believe that this is a worse fight card than than anything we have seen this year. Please stop, dude. The Let me only just, I'm, good I'm fight. I'm pulling it back up. The only good fight is the main event, and that main event is exceedingly not meaningful. At least there have been meaningful fights on other fight cards. This is just. Norman, is are you implying Norman Dumont, Chelsea Chandler? I mean, that was for the vacant women's featherweight. You want to know what's hilarious? Title fight. <laughs> One of the most entertaining fighters in the UFC, guaranteed fireworks, Terrence McKinney. Last two on fights both. have been on absolute dog shit cards. Yeah. Uh, thank. He's going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting on this nah, card. Man. I got to nah, tell you. man. That. I'm looking at this card, dude. This card was so bad. This card was so bad. Dudakova versus Stella Nunez. Melsic Bagdasarian, Tucker Lutz. Jun Young Park, Albert Duraev. Look, the Iron Turtle? Give me the Iron Turtle. Nah, dude, you can't say that when we have a card like Vicente Luque RDA. That's like those are those are big name bangers right there. Like that, we're getting, I, I the main event is better than that main event. Way but better. It's Please not stop. nearly as meaningful as that main event. 
And that's like my big problem with this card. There's one meaningful, I guess. Like if yeah, if, I mean, if you're Meyer highly Boyne, concerned about 135. Meyer Boyne Silva probably got a title shot with that win. That's like we can quibble about this card's quality. You can't say that that's not a meaningful fight. Yeah, but it doesn't matter to me. I don't. I like it. Doesn't matter. Does this Luke RDA fight matter to you? It's probably going to be more entertaining. That's why it doesn't matter to me at all. Like it probably. I don't even know that it. On paper, it's certainly more entertaining. But Meyer Boyne Silva choking out Holly Holm was pretty fun. Like it was pretty is, fun. But uh, but Francisco Prado Otman Azatair. I mean AJ Dobson Tafan and Chukwe like. This is this is an awful card, Connor. It's so I'm bad. I'm not defending it, dude. But you're you're saying the Holly Holm main event Apex card with absolutely zero stakes on it is better than this. Uh, I believe that the that's the thing is I think that card had more stakes on this card. This card has zero stakes. That card didn't have a ton of stakes. I'm not here to say that it's a it great card. It had one card. fight with stakes, and it's Myra Buena Silva being the tenth rate person that, and finishing Holly Holm. That's one more fight with stakes than what we have this week. Nah, I disagree strongly. Mm. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not going so to this is This is my stance, and I'm sticking with it. You're not backing me down. Not on this one. All right, let's get into the main event because I actually do have concerns uh, for it. Ooh, concerns? What kind of concerns? Vicente Luque getting knocked out by Jeff Neal and having a brain hemorrhage. Oh, uh, well, you know, I guess that's fair. I I won't lie. I forgot that that, um, that brain hemorrhage part not ideal yeah no, like i'm just, I, so personally for me like i'm staying away from it Ooh, that's probably a good answer i won't i won't even pretend i entirely forgot the whole like serious medical condition thing i was just looking at this as a oh here's a fight that sort of matters um he did get medically cleared so you want to feel okay about that, I guess. But in my head, if I'm looking at this as a fight breakdown and take your mileage however you want, people, you don't have to follow me. I just think this fight really favors RDA, um, not factoring in the potential medical issues of Luque. Uh, RDA, I mean, Luque's biggest issue lately, and by lately, I mean for most of his career, has just been wrestlers. Um, yes, Jeff Neal fight thing it happened but prior to that Bilal Muhammad took him down a whole bunch um and it's just sort of a thing a, a way you can make hay and RDA has been very good at doing that RDA is really good pressure fighter and for RDA the his issue has been losing two wrestlers and then Rafael Fazeev but Rafael Fazeev is also awesome so he's still really really durable um been knocked out a few times but and Luke can always do that but I think this is just on the merits a RDA is going to pressure him back he's going to whip the body kicks in going to score takedowns going to kind of win the fight that way but I wasn't even thinking about the medical concerns here so I think that's a reasonable choice not to bet on this fight yeah yeah I mean I, I think it's going to be a great fight especially if Luke is healthy like this has potential to be a super duper sick fight uh but yeah just just from the medical issues and like I kind of like Luke. Like if like if he comes in like full throttle, he he's gonna be the bigger dude in there. Like I think he has more finishing potential when it comes to the fight. Uh, but he's also seven years younger. Like RDA is 38. Uh, I know he's in great shape still, but it's wild to me that Luke is 31. Yeah, yeah. He an old 31, man. I mean, yes. And all uh, thirty-one. Both these dudes, man. He they make up for for the early car, earlier in the card in terms of experience. Uh, both these dudes over thirty fights, RDA over forty. Uh, I mean, you got you got some of these some of these uh, some of these undercards. They have like a combined fifteen fights between them. Tough. Uh, I will say Conor Burke's special is, I would say, in full effect on this fight. The oh, over, over one, over and, one a and a half. Let me jot that down. Let me jot that down. The over uh, one and a half feels. That's the thing. Uh, I also don't. I don't have that many bets in general on this this weekend, uh, and in particular because a lot of props not up. Uh, old DraftKings doesn't even have over unders set at this yeah, point. Yeah, I noticed recording yeah, Wednesday morning. That feels a little crazy, right? Like, it's super insane that they don't have any over unders on Wednesday morning. Like we're talking. Oh, they got one. Oh, they just drop it? Parisian and Budai. 
And oh, oh, we got that. Hell yeah, I needed that. It's the oh, you know, you know where I'm at. Two and a half, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to getting into that fight. Uh, yeah. So I'm staying away. You said over one and a half is a parlay piece. Parlay piece. Um. All right. Let's move on to the co-main event. Cub Swanson taking on Hakeem Dawadu. And I'm not going to lie, on Monday I said, Cub Swanson's fighting Hakeem Dawadu on this card? And 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 you're here to tell me that this isn't the worst card you've ever heard of. <laughs> I can't believe how much you're defending the Holly Holm uh, Mara Buena Silva card. I love it. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a good card, but... I think it this card's just card. really, really awful. <laughs> this card's really bad to me. Let's let's agree on this. They're both not good cards. They're oh, both firm agree. Incredibly apex cards. They that's I last week I came up with a new rating system for cards, uh, based on the okay. Michelin star system where Yo, this is great. Uh so it's a one star card. If if the card is happening in Atlanta and I would go to it, it's a one star card. The card's happening in Nashville, you know, somewhere that's drivable. Um, and I would make the drive, take the, you know, take a go out of my way to see this card, two-star card. And then if I would take a special trip to fly to Vegas or whatever, it's a three-star card. Uh, what if it's in Atlanta and you wouldn't go? Then it's a zero-star card. Uh, every Apex card, by definition, is a zero-star card. I may need ways to really, like give even worse scores than just as it's not all apex cards are the worst things i've ever seen but all of the worst fight cards i've ever seen have been apex cards so yeah might might need to add some nuance in there because yeah the this is a zero star card for sure <laughs> you know what i'll give it to you i'll give it to you you can make the argument because of the holly home myra buena silva fight because I'm, Buena Silva finished her and might get a title shot. Oh, off of if Holly Holm had done awful Holly Holm things, it would have been terrible, certainly, and probably definitively would be worse than this. But we also don't know what this card is going to be yet. This card could be a tough hang. Uh, shouts to your, your shout wonderful out, show. Shout out. There's, there is one, uh, two, uh, three fights where both fighters have less than 10 professional fights. <laughs> and there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight fighters that have less than 10 professional fights on this card. A third <laughs> of the card has less than 10 professional fights. Love, love that. Uh, not the issue for the co-main. Cub Swanson, how many pro fights does he have? Like 40? He's got to uh, be. Yeah, 41. 41. Um, and is this is this how we send him out? Is this a retirement fight for Cub Swanson? He, he's going kind of, out four. Kind of feels like it. Four right? straight apex cards for him. Has not fought in front of a crowd since 2019. I mean, I hope that he doesn't retire in the apex because it feels like he deserves more than that. Um, you know, he's back up at featherweight for this fight, so maybe it'll look a little better. I. It doesn't feel like he's going to win this fight, but I'm not like overly sold on Hakeem Dawadu either. So I hope that he just keeps going. Cub wants to keep fighting and they let him make his exit, you know, the next time they go to California or something, you know, the next, I don't know if or when they are going back to Cali, but let him at least retire in front of a crowd. I do think he's probably going to lose to Dawadu. Uh, Good good news is Dawadu's a decision machine. Seven of his last of his nine fights in the promotion gone to the card. So Cub probably doesn't get this doors blown off him. And again, I don't have the lines because they aren't out there. I'm going to be cooking up a non-violence parlay uh, with the over one and a half in this one uh, mm. as well. Love the that, over one and a half in this one as yeah. well. So. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Uh yeah, I'm I'm just gonna stay away from it. Um I just feel like uh yeah, I don't know really where Cub Swanson is at in his career right now. Obviously he's at the end of it. Akeem Dawadu is kind of the same way. Like he's obviously got a lot more time left in the tank, but the Julian Arosa performance is is concerning for me at this point. Yeah, it's doesn't give you a lot of confidence. Doesn't give you a lot of confidence. 
Either way, uh, that should be a uh, fun co-main event uh, in the featherweight division. And, Cup Swanson's uh, usually pretty fun. Yeah, we'll keep it rolling, though. We'll keep it rolling because I actually have stuff to get into on this next one. Light heavyweight bout, the light heavyweight oh, debut for Chris Dawkins taking on Khalil Roundtree right now. Roundtree minus 180, Dawkins plus 150. Um, so I took Dawkins. No, lies. I took Roundtree. By KOTKO minus 105 in hopes that we get the Khalil Roundtree, that when he's on, he is one of the most violent dudes in the UFC. I mean, just two fights ago against Carl Roberson, like that was such a beatdown. I don't even know the word for it. Like he just like just it, it really was like the he was fighting him like he owed him money. Like he just absolutely dogged out Carl Roberson. It it was it was one way traffic from the jump. Ends up finishing him. Now on the flip side, Chris Dawkins coming down to two hundred five. I think he's doing that because of the results that he was having at two sixty five. Three straight losses by knockout. Been finished in all his losses. Five by KO. Um, and I just don't know how that's going to work out for him going up against the guy in in Khalil Roundtree who. When he's cooking, man, he he has put many a dude's lights out in in very very violent fashion. Five of his seven UFC wins are by KOTKO. I I feel like Chris Dawkins, like he's not going to have a huge size advantage at 205. He obviously had to trim down quite a bit, and I really don't think he's going to have any sort of speed advantage here. Uh, and I just think at the number, I, I think Khalil Roundtree is going to get him out of there. It's not quite a Wolfpack wager because it's not plus money, but we have the exact same bet. Yes. We have the Let's exact go. same read. The exact same breakdown. I mean, he's Chris Dog has been been iced in three three in a row, and he's making his drop to two hundred five, which is probably a more competitive division than heavyweight uh, against a guy who's a solid two hundred fiver and hits real hard. Seems seems too easy almost for for this one. So. All the way with you, Cleo Roundtree by KO, TKO. Enough said, really. Enough said. Let's keep it rolling. Next up, women's straw weight bout. Pollyanna Viana taking on Yasmin Lucindo. And right now you can have Lucindo for minus 205. Viana plus 170. Uh, I kind of feel like this is the uh, the striker versus grappler. Like I think Lucindo would, will sort of style her on the feet if it stays there. Uh, but if it goes to the ground, Viana is live. That is for damn sure. Either way, I, I'm just going to stay away from this one. Just going to sit on the couch and enjoy. Yeah, I'm also passing it. To me, it's a dog or pass situation because I do think if Viana can't get takedown, she's probably cooked here. Um, she's not a great wrestler, which is a bit of a problem. But, you know, things happen. You can wind up in the ground and... I, Almost wanted to play Pollyanna, but there's just too many. No need to, really. It's just a little too concerning. So sticking sticking off it, but I like your read. Uh, we keep it rolling then to a middleweight bout. Tafon Inchukwi taking on AJ Dobson right now. Tafon can be added for minus 142. Dobson plus 120. Uh, mentioned it earlier about the amount of fighters on here with less than 10 professional fights. Both these guys have less than 10 pro fights. They're both coming off back-to-back losses. It's a super closely lined fight. I just have no interest in laying my money here. We've got a pay-per-view next week. Uh, don't need to be to be forcing bets on guys that I can't really be trustworthy in, in what they're going to do in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what you are basing a bet on here. Um, must just if if you're out there and you're basing something, you must just have a real good read on on how this fight's gonna play out because just look at the guys they've lost to, the guys they've beaten. Nothing really jumps out as a yeah pretty clear advantage one way or the other. So fully with you, I you know by definition I'd call it a dog or pass, but you're not even getting a great dog price. It's a, just over fifty percent basically. So yeah, no, right. no action. We stay in the middleweight division and we take our talents to Josh Fremd, Jamie Pickett. Right now you're going to have Fremd minus 345, Jamie Pickett plus 275. Uh, I think Fremd is going to win. I mean, Jamie, Jamie Pickett has lost 
three straight, five of his last seven. I just I don't really know if he's if he's gonna make it too much longer in the UFC. But minus three fifty on on Josh Friend, who yes, he he looked great against Dumas, but before that against Treshawn Gore and Anthony Hernandez, not so much. Uh yeah, I don't know. I just don't I don't I don't really want to lay minus three fifty on Friend here. Though I do think he I think he wins. Yeah. I I have the same result, but the inverse of of math there of I kind of wanna believe in Jamie Pickett here. Um, or at least from a betting standpoint, I kind of want to bet him, but at the same time, I also just don't want to have my money tied up in Jamie Pickett. <laughs> um the I think wolf? I think these odds are way are a little long here. Just I don't trust Josh Frem to that extent here, but I also just don't want to bet Jamie Pickett. Didn't we both bet Jamie Pickett against uh, Denise Tallulah? I think I we believe, did. We called it the Night Wolf Wolfpack Wager. Or I believe that that is correct. Uh, he ended up getting finished burned. in the second round. Yeah, of course we did. Of course we did. We bet on Jamie Pickett. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Let's move on to the prelims, a men's bantamweight bout. I actually have bets on the next four fights. Oh, um, wow. I only have one bet. Oh, I have Mar- two bets. So. Marcus McGee taking on JP Buys, uh, Bays, you know, Tamero, Tamaro. Right now, Marcus McGee in his second UFC fight can be had for minus 360. JP Buys coming back at plus 285. Um, again, I, I, I have a lot of props this week. No money lines for me. I, I'm going to take Marcus McGee by KO. And maybe these are just the, the chalk donkey square plays. Minus one thirty-five. I know we got a sub last time out, but but JP has been dropped eight times, eight times in his last five rounds of fighting. It's not very good. <laughs> got dropped multiple times in three of those five, and KO'd twice, uh, and all of this at the flyweight division. Now he's moving up to bantamweight to fight a guy that's bigger than him. Uh, and who hits hard. Uh, I mean, Marcus McGee, six of his seven wins come by KO, got a knockdown in his UFC debut on short notice. There, There's obviously potential for the club and sub here, but I have a hard time seeing Marcus McGee not coming out here and, and catching JP uh, at, at some point. I mean, it feels like... I mean, Cody Durden has one knockdown in, in his UFC career, and it is against JP. I, I think Marcus McGee is going to catch him. I uh, It's great. I might steal this bet from you just because I could use some more action on this card, and I can't disagree with a single thing you're saying. I mean, Marcus Me- I think Marcus McGee is very clearly going to win this fight, um, and the way he wins fights is by knockout. So I didn't realize that J.P. Byers had been knocked down that many times. Eight times. Eight times. That, I mean, the, him not getting finished. <laughs> him not getting finished by by Montel Jackson is uh, is crazy. He dropped him four times. Dang. Like it, it just felt like he wasn't. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think McGee's most likely path to victory, obviously set by the odds. That's clear. Is by KOTKO. Uh, I know he got. What the was sub that line last at? Time. Minus one thirty five. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's still probably worth a play. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, it should be an exciting fight. Next up, another exciting fight. The man, the king of chaos, lightweight bout, Terrence McKinney back in the octagon after just a few weeks away, taking on Mike Breeden right now. You can have Terrence McKinney for minus 245 on DraftKings. Breeden coming back at plus 200. Uh, I mean, it's a tr- tradition unlike any other. Uh, greatest... Greatest thing in, in combat going for me right now, Terrence McKinney fight week, playing the unders. Don't care how much you juice it. I, I took the under one and a half, minus 227. Free money, basically. Do I say the stats? Like it's gonna, I guess it's gonna have to come to an end eventually. 18 uh, of 19, Connor. 18 under one of and a half. 19 career fights under one and a half. 15 in the first round. So that leads me to my second bet on this fight. Terrence McKinney, round one, and yes, I'm playing it at minus money. Uh, he has 13 professional victories, 12 of which came in the first round. Um, if if he's going to win, it's probably going to come in round one. 
Uh, took it at minus 125. Breeden also KO'd in the first 90 seconds in two of his last four losses. Um, I mean, I, I, I think McKinney has the advantages here. I think he's going to come out here and, and do what he does and, and look to get the finish early. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm a little scared off on betting Terrence McKinney right now just because he's looked odd. It's just been weird to watch his sort of career when he came in. Um, we talked about this a month ago. <laughs> Terrence McKinney previously fought. Yeah, The win over Matt Vervola is, uh, I mean, has aged beautifully. And he's at times looked really good, but he's also looked really bad in spots. And that just... He's a glass cannon, and so probably does get breeding, but the quick turnaround coming off a loss, I'm just a little wary of of betting on McKinney personally, but I'm absolutely on the under one and a half. Yeah, the fight doesn't go to a decision uh, is fantastic parlay fodder. Oh, that's uh, just terrific parlay fodder. Minus 600, minus 700, whatever it is. Terrence McKinney is get or be got. And I think that's what's going to happen here. We keep it rolling to a featherweight bout. Francis Fire Marshall taking on Isaac Dolgarian. Dolgarian making his UFC debut uh, right now. Marshall can be had for minus 166. Dolgarian plus 140. Um, don't really know what to expect here. Like Dolgarian's 5-0, and but he's not really fighting the highest level of competition. He hasn't fought in 18 months either. Uh, but he is thrashing the dudes that he fights. And then, I mean, I, you go back to his amateur career as well. Uh, four fights there. He's fought first. one fine opponent. And yeah, fine. A bunch of people with 500 records. Yeah. Um, what I am on is the under 2.5. Took it minus 130. Dolgarian has never been past three minutes. Uh, and if you go back to his amateur career, nine fights has never been past the 312 mark. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to give me the under two and a half at a good price at that point, yes, sure, it could be the debut. Takes the step up. This is the one that finally goes to a decision. But Francis has finishing capabilities as well. Five of his seven wins come by finish. I, I, I feel like Dolgarian's going to do what he thinks he can do here, come in, Try and get that early finish, and if he doesn't, I think Marshall's going to wear on him and get the finish. I, I like the price, so uh, yeah, under two and a half for me on this one. I got no action here; just too many variables that I don't feel confident placing. I mean, the bet. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people having a lot of confidence in the in the dog and Dolgarian, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if he not, came out and beat him. Of course, nothing have, would shock. There is no, no confidence in a five no fighter. Not one outcome shocks me in this fight. Not yeah. one. Isaac by sub, Francis by sub, Francis by knockout, Isaac by knockout, either of them by decision, split decision, majority decision, unanimous decision. Not one outcome would I be like, what? I can't, yeah. can't fathom it. how that happened. I really think there's only one result on this card that would just absolutely shock me. Tangent McKinney going to decision. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's <laughs> if the McKinney fight goes to a decision. I would be like, wow. Good things really always come to an end, huh? Yeah, just no, nothing gold can stay. Because <laughs> Terrence McKinney, since we started this podcast, has fought five times. Uh, and I have been on the under one and a half and fight doesn't go to a decision in a parlay every single time. And every single Bread time it has delivered. I mean, good, great follow on Twitter. Exciting guy. Please c- continue the run. Let's get him to bounce back to so we can get him in more exciting fights. All right, we move to maybe the most anticipated bout on the most anticipated card of Saturday <laughs> evening. Heavyweight bout, Josh Parisian <laughs> taking on Martin Boudet or Martin Martin Boudet, uh, whichever one, some sort of combination of that right now. You can get Budai four minus 218. Parisian coming back at plus. 180. Um, I know you're on the over. Gotta be. I'm going to be in the over in some capacity, but I'm actually going to take Budai by decision. Took it at plus Ooh. 200. Um, really? Yeah. It's down to plus 165 right now. I think okay. plus 170 on a couple books. But That sounds more right. Plus 200 is a good price. That's a good pick. 
Yeah, yeah, saw it. I felt it felt like I kind of had to take it. I mean, three of all three of his UFC wins are by decision. Prusian's a tough dude, man. Only one, only been knocked out once in his UFC career, but I feel like Budai is gonna gonna use the clinch, control him. I think he's gonna land the more defining shots throughout the rounds. Uh, think he has the ability to out volume him. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I won't be surprised at all if this goes to a decision. And if it does, I would really like to be holding this plus two hundred ticket. Um, Rather than a minus two hundred two fifteen on the Budai money line. No, I mean that's a yeah. The 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 gap in value there is just terrific. Um, like you said, three decisions, three fights for Budai. Parisian's gone over two and a half and four of his five UFC bouts. Um, it's probably why the over two and a half line is minus money, but it's not even huge minus money. It's minus one thirty five. So you you could get a a Budai over one and a half same game parlay at plus money plus one ten. Don't mind that. Don't hate that at all. Don't mind that one yeah. bit. Don't because hate there that there is a world where Budai gets a late finish. Late finish, yeah. Um, given, I mean, if you. If you given where the line is, if if you were getting the Budai by decision at plus two hundred or something, uh, still I'd probably take that over that SGP. But if the Budai by decisions dropped to plus one sixty or whatever, that same game parlay is probably probably better value there. Yeah, I mean he he's been over one and a half several times. Yeah, just like uh, every in his time. Career. Man. I mean. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five straight times for Parisian, five straight times for Budai. Yeah, uh, that's that's not a bad shout. You're getting that one at plus money. I, I feel decent about that. Uh, yeah, that's a good find. I support oh, yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite looking forward to this I may, matchup. I may do that when that opportunity becomes available. But until then, I'm on the over two and a half. Heavyweight over is bouncing back. Derek Bounce Lewis. back. Uh, Derek right. Lewis was hard on heavyweight oh, yeah, overs yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was about as bad as it can look for the old HOs. Um, but I was also right. on Derek Lewis by KO, so it's fine. Oh, it's beautiful, brilliant, freaking <laughs> so okay. brilliant. Uh, yeah, one of my biggest regrets not being on Derek Lewis there. That would have been such a fun bet to catch. I still had an immense amount of fun, even losing one of my biggest bets of the night. But that's okay. Uh, we keep it rolling. Strawweight bout: Montserrat Ruiz taking on Jacqueline Amaram right now. Amarim, I mean, I'm just switching these names up every time I say up, is I'm guessing. minus 238, Ruiz plus 195. Um, I think it's either uh, Amarim sub early or Ruiz wins by decision. I have zero thoughts on this fight, so I will, I've done no research on it, so I'll absolutely take your word. I mean, uh, Amarim looked like she was going to get the submission 80 times in the first round last time out against Sam Hughes and she was just never able to finish it. Uh, so yeah, wouldn't, how many, how many submission attempts did she get that round? I mean, I'm saying this and it's going to be one, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know if she's built to go the full 15 minutes. Okay. Three she got three submission attempts total, yeah, three submission attempts total, uh, and three in that, that first, first round. round. Yeah. It looked like she was going to get it. Uh, quite a few times. So I really think is this is either her getting the sub earlier or Ruiz is just going to wear on her throughout throughout the fight. I mean, she's a beast on the ground. Uh, but no real interest in playing it. Definitely no interest in playing uh, Amarim at, at minus, minus like 250 at this point. I mean, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to play the sub, which is... Minus 165. Yeah, I have zero interest in this at all. I'm going to stay away. Minus 165. Uh, man, I have just no interest. Yeah. In place why, why, right why would you have interest? I was hoping that it was maybe going to be like a plus 100 or like a plus 110 or something, but like, man. All right, let's keep it rolling. Men's bantamweight bout. Late, late notice. Damon Blackshear. Needed really something to bolster this card uh, because, yeah, as, as we're going through it, I, I'm actually starting to agree with you a little <laughs> bit more. I mean, this is uh, – it's, it's bad, man. And the best part is – the best part is I just have to say this. The defenders will be out in force. Oh, they're going to be – Don't you gonna... dare say one bad thing about this card. Can we pick it up the pitchforks and come for us. 
Don't you dare. Well, you know what? It doesn't even matter because you hate on the UFC every single week. All you ever do is hate on Dana White and the UFC. I'm like, dude, I friggin' love the UFC, man. <laughs> I gave I gave the UFC plenty of shouts. Nashville, very, what? very solid card. Stop. The UFC is unbelievable. They're a freight train that cannot be stopped. Like the next four pay-per-views are stacked to the gills. Like they are on fire. It's okay. If every once in a while they put on a dog shit card and we state as much, it's all right. We're straight got, shooters, Connor. That's just what we are. They've got to meet contract obligations. We're still getting fights. I understand that. We're still going to put bets down. We're still going to break it down. All I'm doing is stating this card might not be as quality as the card next week. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's I don't think it's even a might as a certainty. What? How many contender series people are on this fight card? Uh, it's got to be a billion. You see the contender series last night? Sure did not. Me neither. <laughs> I know they hired five people because they had five people win. I just want to shout out. I, I want to just give a, a strong salute to everyone that bets the contender series like and has like a, a full you four betting cards. You guys are are the real troopers in all this. Like You're you guys to the really game are. in ways I've never been. And I I feel I love it when I see people that are like plus seven units on contender series. I'm like fuck, that's a great way to spend a Tuesday night. That is badass. Uh, shouts to you. I feel so bad when people like post their recaps and it's like minus three point seven two units on contender series. I'm like, Ugh, God. That's a tough you spent a Tuesday night watching Contender Series losing money on it. And then like you you already feel like you're behind the eight ball heading into the weekend because it's the same week. Like there's nothing worse than uh just like getting your ass kicked on like a contender series, a Friday night Friday PFL, Bellator. a Friday Bellator. There's nothing worse than going into Saturday, going into the UFC card, and you're already down like three and a half units. It's just like you wake up with a nasty taste in your mouth. Like it's just like, ugh. Um but yeah, a lot of contracts given out last night. Um, I guarantee you that however many, there will be five contracts awarded every episode this season because that's what it is. I mean, yeah, you got to fill the cards. You got to fill the cards. Um, you got to make Jose Johnson versus Damon Blackshear possible. How is it? How is it possible? Can you actually explain to me that we're getting a six-foot bantamweight taking on a 5'10 bantamweight. It's true. Uh, gotta be two of the tallest dudes in the division, right? Like, gotta be. It has to be. I thought Sean O'Malley was the tallest, and he's, I think he's 5'11, 5'10. Um, I don't know what Sean O'Malley is off the top of my head. Um, let's, let's speaking of Sean O'Malley. Yeah, speaking yeah. of Sean O'Malley. Next week's going to be sick. I'm, I'm so close to talking myself into it, Connor. We'll get there Stop. next week. I'm so close. Stop. I've been trying you, real hard to talk myself into it. Yeah, but if you get talked into it, I mean, we already know last week with Serrano Hardy, it ain't <laughs> tough to talk me into losers, <laughs> and I can be down. I can be down. Uh, back to this fight. I have nothing on this fight and no thoughts on it. <laughs> uh, my notes, man, this is short notice. Wait, Jose Johnson is fucking six feet tall at Bantamweight? <laughs> Hold on. Damon, Damon... Blackshear is 5'10". What is going on? How is this fight going to happen? And then I move on to the next fight. Uh, I'm not betting this. I think Blackshear is like minus 300 or something too. Yeah. I Minus I, 190, could, I'm sorry. You could convince me if you were really selling it to bet on Damon Blackshear just because Jose Johnson's a two-time contender series guy. And I feel like if you... Just bet against people who took two contender series efforts to get into the promotion. You'd probably be doing okay. Well, but. here's the thing. Not only is this fight just a roller coaster, and I have no idea what's going on with it. I'm looking at the line. Blackshear opens minus 200, immediately drops to minus 250, then plummets down to minus 350, stays there for several hours, back up to minus 330, minus 310, minus 290, minus 265. and All sorts of movement. He now finds himself at minus 185. So we started at minus 200 just yesterday at 3.34 p.m. Went on that whole roller coaster ride. And now this morning at 9.16, we settle in at minus 185. 
lot of action on the second fight of the of the UFC 70. There is no market on earth that moves more than MMA. It truly is. Like I talk to people that like are serious betters in other sports and like I'm just like Oh yeah, I played it at minus 115, but now it's minus 145. And like that's not even one of the bigger ones in, mm-hmm. in MMA. And they're just like, what? They're like, it moved that much? I'm like, buddy, that's nothing. Like, I've played plus monies that close at like minus 220 or something. It's like some of these lines are Vegas insane. is guessing real hard on MMA all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh either way, let's get to the last fight of the night for the UFC card. Juliana Miller taking on Luana Santos. I trusted Miller last time. I got made to look like a fool. Don't need to play it again. Maybe this is a buy low spot on her, but she has five pro fights. Santos has six. Don't need the curtain jerker for this one. Yeah. um, I think this is a buy low spot on her, but I don't want to hold the ticket because that last one scared me off. I do think sort of objectively this is a buy low spot. She did get beat down by Veronica Hardy. Yeah, Veronica Hardy's. Yeah, I. I'm not betting it, <laughs> dude. She was I'm not like a betting minus it, but I kind of want to bet it. Is where I'm at. <laughs> she was like a minus 400, and she got absolutely throttled uh, on a woman making like a three year layoff return. Uh, I'm looking at the poster right now. Not a bad poster. Uh, this is one of those posters that I'll randomly come across in like 18 months and be like. Oh yeah, that uh, mm, that's fine. That fight card did happen, huh? We, <laughs> that we did. that is a fight card that happened. We did break that down for an hour and a half, and and I did spend seven hours watching that. I I actually that happened yesterday with the uh, Viviana Arujo Alexa Grasso card from last October. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, vaguely sounds familiar. <laughs> I saw the poster and it's like all these memories come flooding back. I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. I what I do remember about that card is we both just nailed Grasso by decision. Oh. Plus plus one thirty. It was like the easiest bet on all of eternity. She's she is a consistent winner in that regard. Uh, unless she's unless fighting she's ruining Shevchenko. my whole life. <laughs> unless she's ruining my entire life. <laughs> Get back, get back time in next month. We'll, we'll see. We'll I see. Valentina is like a minus two something. Like buy low. It's buy low spot. Buy low at minus minus two sixty five. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, all right. Do you have any Bellator action? Let's talk Bellator. boxing action. Boxing. Oh, uh, yeah. Anthony Joshua. Uh, yeah. What, it would what be is Joshua action? <laughs> what is the line on that? Minus 10,000? Um, I don't know. Cause, you know, Hellenius is like a uh, recent change of opponent. Yeah. From yeah, the, yeah. Of course. Minus, minus 1,600. I haven't actually looked at the odds. What's, what's Anthony Joshua by KO? Even though I don't trust this fucker at all. Anthony Joshua by KO is minus 400. <sighs> Over under is at five and a half. I have, all right. So I have played Anthony Joshua uh, several times by KO, and several times I have, I have eaten my words for it. Um, I think he's probably gonna knock him out. He's gonna on. knock out. <laughs> did you watch the Hellenius uh, Wilder fight? Sure did. He got just. It's one of the nastiest knockouts I've ever seen. Just like Deontay Wilder's power is disturbing. I love it. I, the, the And like the fact that, first of all, the fact that this dude is, has 43 wins and 42 are by knockout is just so absurd. Uh, just speaks to Tyson Fury too, man. I mean, yeah. Absolute beast. That fight is why Francis Ngannou has no, no shot against him. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know how much money I have on Tyson Fury? I, I hope it's I all of your money. Unloaded. Just literally all of your money. Yeah, no, I like actually put like 10 units on Tyson Fury at minus 400. Uh, that line is long gone. He's like minus 1500. But like yeah. the Good flutter bet. in my stomach when I saw it was only minus 400. Uh, yeah, had to had to hit the, the deposit button real quick. Uh, it's great. It's great bet. Yeah, if Tyson Fury loses, I'm... Uh, 
rent's not getting paid boys um <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean Anthony Joshua by knockout might be might be a decent little play. Anthony Joshua, what's the fight? That as a parlay piece. What's the fight doesn't go to a decision? Minus minus four fifty, minus five minus five hundred something. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. I mean, you have to think that Hellenius is just getting a massive payday, right? Like five days notice, four days notice. Here's what I'm thinking. McKinney Breeden fight doesn't go to a decision. Parlay piece. Joshua Hellenius fight doesn't Ooh, go to a decision. Parlay piece. Move. I love that. Well, he, there's two fights. There's two fights on this uh, on this Bellator card that I also like. Really, really like violence for. Um, one being Sullivan Kali taking on Hamza Salim. Sullivan Kali, dude, does not leave the first round. Like just six professional fights all ended in the first round. Uh, just just doesn't end the first round. Doesn't leave the first round. And his opponent is seven and six. Like this just feels like the biggest Bellator like get bats get back spot. The guy is zero and two in Bellator. Uh, I mean, just back in December he got KO'd in fifty seconds by a guy who is four and two um yeah it just feels like an absolute setup match for Sullivan Collie. that one doesn't go to a decision and then just ah uh, Bellator is just, uh, it's just so it's just so good sometimes like they're just so on brand Bellator curtain jerker Michael Blockus taking on Eli Mefford uh Blockus was uh, an all-american wrestler at Minnesota um and Eli Mefford is is 0-4 uh, and has been finished in three of his four losses. And I just – just feels like a setup match. I mean, why is it 0-4? Why is it 0-4? great guy? setup matches. Why is it 0-4 guy fighting on a, a promotion of Bellator's level? I think you – I think you answered that question already. Fuck. <laughs> I, think you, I think you answered it. Uh, is that so is that all your Bellator action? Those are, those are all like the – I really like those four mm-hmm. as a – as a violence parlay. Honestly, you could lose the block as Mefford just because there are a ton of question marks around it, but it just is like the biggest, like have like a little bit of like hide the agenda of squash matchery. Um, block is inside the distance. Good parlay piece. Sullivan Collie inside the distance. Good parlay piece. I think Logan Storley is a good parlay piece. I have him Lucas as parlay Brennan. piece. He's very much going to just beat Brennan Ward. It's going to yeah, be Yeah, Lucas shame. Brennan. Yeah, I mean, Brennan Ward, like, is, uh, yeah, getting, like, a, a main event, a top-tier matchup. Brennan I Ward, mean, a fun story for Bellator. Let's a throw fun him in fighter, there. too. Yeah, fun, fun fighter, sport, too. Fun fighter. Let's throw him in there with the least fun guy we've got on the roster. Yeah, what's the deal with that now that I think about it? Yeah, I mean, like, he bad really time. is. <laughs> it's bad vibes, man. I mean, he has what, like, a ridiculous amount of fights that have not gone to a decision. Um, actually, all but one of his professional fights have not gone to a decision. 23, 22 have, have ended within the distance. Going up against Logan Storley, uh, who's got quite a few decisions. Yeah. Don't, honestly, don't understand this matchmaking at all. Um, what's what's the underlined at in that fight? I don't see it up. So you can find it on a other book, but not in front of me. I don't have it. <laughs> Looking for it right now. I see you are. While you're looking for it, I will say I have one other bet on this. I'm believing in tall Steve Mowry against Valentina Moldovsky. It's plus 185. Yeah, don't mind I, that. I just, don't, I just don't believe in Moldovsky. Like he's a fine fighter. He's not a terrific one. Mowry, undefeated, you know, big dude, got some ability on the floor. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I don't mind that. Tall, tall, t- tall Steve Mowry, shout out. Um, under four and a half, minus one thirty-five. I don't hate that. Like I know, I know Storley's like a it's, decision. It's the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Will Brandon uh, Ward's refusal to go to decisions match guy, up against Logan? The Storley? guy hates decisions. Logan Storley loves them so much, though. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say that un- under four and a half feels more likely to me. Yeah. 
But do I, do I, I would, I would be, it would not be a comfortable bet, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what's when was the last time Logan Storley won by finish? 2019? Four years ago? Yeah. So, also, that was an arm injury. Just, <laughs> so, yeah. it's not like it was... Uh... Logan Storley's pretty good, man. This is a He's tough matchup for Brennan Ward. I mean, he is, like, Yaroslav Amosov is the only man to beat him. Yeah. Uh, and he's beat him twice. Um, and that's it. Those are the only. That's the only person who's yeah. just done anything to him. So, real good fighter. Um, not the most exciting one, and this is a bit of odd matchmaking, but I'm going to bet Logan Storley is a parlay piece, and that's good enough for me. All right. Sounds like... Sounds like we're all set here. I think we're done. I think we we nailed the biggest weekend in combat sports history. 17 fights on the Bellator card. 17. That's impressive. That's a lot of fights, man. You guys got to do fewer than that. Bellator 300 coming up soon. It's going to be electric. Major announcements on the show today. Major announce major announcements regarding Bellator 300. Well, by the time you hear this podcast, those announcements will probably already be out there, but maybe not. Yeah, they should be. And if so, uh, yeah, it's gonna uh, be fun. Yeah, I I know what we're looking at. Yeah, what are we? What are can't, we looking at? Can't. No, cannot cannot say anything. Uh, You're a professional, and that's why I respect. We'll talk you. about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. Um, yes, it well, is Bellator. Uh, Three hundred. It's big time. Three hundred. Big time. Um, yes, you will know shortly, though. Just just a matter of of a few hours, and and honestly, by the time you listen to it, it will more than likely be out uh, to the world, and we'll have that to look forward to. What I'm looking forward to is next week, UFC 292. The promotion makes its return to Boston. Aljamain Sterling taking on Sean O'Malley. Not just is Sean O'Malley getting a title shot. But this might a be world... a three-star card, Connor. No, it's a three-star card. Might for be a three sure. Star card. It, there's no doubt it's a three-star card. Not only is Sean O'Malley getting a title shot, he's getting his first main event. Just feels like the guy is just like constantly like just the the star of the show. Now he actually is. He's getting the main event. KSW 85, Saladin Parnas, finally uh, making his way to the ring over there. Uh, we got Wiley Jean. We got Cody Garbrandt, Mario Bautista. Don't know what the line's going to be, but Mario Bautista by KO sounds real tasty to me. Jeff Neal, Ian Gary, Marlon Chito Vera getting in there. I mean, this is a, this is a three-star card. Uh, Andre Petrovsky, Gerald Mearshart, who's going to get subbed quicker. Um, Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman making He's back, baby. Brad Tavares. It's big Big moment. dog. Big dog. Don't hate that. Wait, he's a big dog? Yeah, don't hate that. May or may uh, not I, will be, I will be betting that if he's a big... He is a big dog. <laughs> may or may not have already thrown a little cheddar down on old Weidman. Remember when may you, may you not. said you hit the deposit button? Um, I will be. D- Brad Tavares is like not even in good form anymore. Like he's clearly on the downslope. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. Well, Natalia Silva. I mean, if you if you like the flyweight division, you like Natalia Silva. I can I can assure you of that. Uh, taking on Andrea Lee, Marina Moroz, Kareem Silva. I mean, we got RoboCop on the card. And 10 fights right now. They're going to add the two tough finales, Mm -hmm. which I think are also going to be very fun cards, very fun fights. Kurt Holaba put on an absolute banger last night against Jason Knight. Uh, And then we might get Rico DeShulo, who's just a, a brawler that is also from Boston, praying that he wins. Uh, And yeah, dude, it's... uh, I'm really looking forward to this card. 292 is going to be sweet. It's a very good one. I haven't been paying attention to anything you were talking about, Tough, because I was uh, looking up mortgages for my house. 
to bet on Chris Weidman. Oh, yes, yes. Good. I cannot believe this line right now. Yeah, I got in on him. What are you seeing it at? Plus 215. I got in on him, I think, at plus 240. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, I was I was pretty shocked. I mean... Pretty shocked. I was like, who is laying minus 300 on Brad Tavares yeah. as a former champion? Who's laying that price on Tavares is a real question. Chris like, Weidman. if you want to avoid the fight, okay. I understand avoiding betting this fight, but yeah. it's not a soul alive who should be betting 265 on Tavares, in my always wrong opinion. But that's next week. We got to get out of here. Yes, let's please get out of here. Uh, great times, as always, on No Bets Barred. Next week, 292, we're shipping up to Boston. Love y'all. Vox Media Podcast Network.